What does heparin have in common with certain COVID vaccines? While both are essential in preventing disease conditions, both can cause thrombosis via formation of antibodies to platelet factor 4. Think of the immune system in heparin-induced thrombocytopenia like a jealous friend. Typically, the immune system is friendly with PF4 on its own, and perfectly happy with heparin on its own. When PF4 and heparin get too friendly, however, the immune system flies into a jealous rage and attacks both of them. This is HIT. Today, our patient has heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast made by medical residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is entitled Approach to HIT. Time for our minute physiology. There are two types of heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. HIT type 1 is a transient and mild decrease in platelets that occurs within the first few days of heparin exposure and is caused by heparin directly triggering platelet aggregation. This type is not clinically significant or dangerous. Today, we will be focusing on HIT type 2, and to do this, we need to talk about haptin. Haptins are molecules that can trigger an immune response only when bound to a larger molecule like a protein. In heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, heparin may act as a haptin when it binds to a protein called platelet factor 4. The heparin-PF4 complex elicits a response from the immune system, and plasma cells begin to produce antibodies against it. The autoantibodies then activate platelets, which in turn release more PF4, activating more platelets and thus creating a positive feedback loop, which can eventually lead to formation of a thrombus in an artery or vein. As platelets get incorporated into blood clots, the platelet count decreases. In addition, the reticuloendothelial system removes antibody-coated platelets from circulation, worsening thrombocytopenia. However, it is important to note that the thrombocytopenia seen in HIT is typically not very severe with a mean nadir of about 60,000. The immune response that was described occurs in a small percentage of patients on heparin. Typically, it takes about 5 to 10 days for the antibodies to develop and enter circulation. However, some people who have previously been exposed to heparin in the past 3 months may continue to have circulating antibodies, and in these patients upon re-exposure, the immune reaction may occur within the first few days. Alright, so now that we've talked about the basic physiology, let's talk about the approach. Your first step in any patient encounter will be to assess whether your patient is stable or not. What is their GCS? Are their ABCs stable? What are their vitals? Make sure they are not actively bleeding and that their platelets are not dangerously low. Once your patient is stable, you can move forward with your assessment. So, when should HIP be suspected? The differential for thrombocytopenia is broad but in any patient on heparin presenting with low platelets, HIT should be considered. This is extremely important because untreated, HIT has a mortality rate of up to 30%, with a 5-10% to daily risk of thromboembolism, amputation, and death. It's a diagnosis that is uncommon, but one that you don't want to miss. The risk of HIT is higher in the elderly, in female patients, and in patients on unfractionated heparin as opposed to low molecular weight heparin. HIT should always be considered when a patient on heparin has new onset of thrombocytopenia or a decrease in platelet count by 50%, even if not thrombocytopenic. It should also be suspected in patients with venous or arterial thrombosis, necrosis at heparin skin injection sites, 
or acute systemic reactions, for example fever or chills, after heparin exposure. Remember, while hypercoagulation is characteristic of this condition, do not wait for a thromboembolic event to suspect HIT. Thrombocytopenia often precedes thrombosis, and most of the morbidity and mortality in HIT is caused by thrombosis, so we want to treat it before it reaches that stage. To help with risk stratifying our patient, we can use the 4T score. The 4Ts stand for thrombocytopenia, timing of platelet fall, thrombosis, and other possible causes for the thrombocytopenia. We won't go into too much detail on how each component is scored, but the maximum score is 8 with a minimum of 0. The 4T score can be used to guide further decision making. If the score is low risk or 0 to 3, then HIT is unlikely, so stop here and consider other causes for the thrombocytopenia. If the score is intermediate, which is 4 to 5, or high, 6 to 8, we make a presumptive diagnosis of HIT while awaiting further testing. Since the mortality of untreated HIT is so high, the patient should not only have their heparin stopped, but should also be treated with a non-heparin anticoagulant. Importantly, warfarin should never be used in a patient with suspected HIT until the platelet count has recovered to 150,000. This is because warfarin induces transient hypercoagulation caused by the depletion of protein C and this relative decrease in protein C can increase the risk of thrombosis. If the patient was already started on warfarin prior to the diagnosis of HIT, vitamin K should be given for reversal. Finally, in patients with suspected HIT, lower limb dopplers are suggested to rule out DVT, and upper limb dopplers should be considered as well. In summary, stop heparin, start a non-heparin anticoagulant, and look for DVTs. Meanwhile, order a serotonin release assay and HIT antibody testing, which is an ELISA-based assay. The ELISA assay looks for anti-PF4 antibodies. It has high sensitivity but poor specificity because many people make anti-PF4 antibodies that stay in circulation but don't actually activate platelets, resulting in false positives. If the score from this ELISA antibody test is low, then HIT is unlikely and again other potential causes of thrombocytopenia should be considered. If the score from the HIT antibody test is high, greater than 2, then the diagnosis is more likely. In practice, at the same time as the ELISA assay, a serotonin release assay is also sent, as this is the gold standard for diagnosis of HIT. However, this test takes several days to result, so while it is useful in making a definitive diagnosis, practically speaking, it does not affect management in the short term. In any patient where you suspect HIT enough to send off the serotonin release assay, you should already have stopped heparin. Once HIT has been diagnosed, the patient should remain on a non-heparin anticoagulant, the duration of treatment depends on multiple factors and should be decided in conjunction with a hematologist. Let's finish with our medicine minute. Recent studies have suggested that neutrophil extracellular traps, or NETs, play a key role in the thrombotic events seen in HIT. NETs are structures of DNA and other cell components that are released by neutrophils, and they facilitate thrombus formation. NETs can be directly activated by platelets. However, some research now suggests that HIT immune complexes can directly activate NETs, and that NETs are required for thrombosis in these patients. This is in opposition to the current concept of platelet activation being the primary mechanism of thrombosis in HIT, 
although more research is needed to say for sure. That's all for today. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Approach to HIP. This episode was written by Dr. Sabrina Alarakia, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Jennifer Lung, hematologist, and Dr. Stephen Montague, general internist. The Internet Work Series was created by Allison Lai and is executively managed by Zara Morali and Leah Karianopoulos. This episode was recorded by Leah Karianopoulos and produced by Allison Lai. Music production by Lakshmi Desanthamoan. If you liked this episode, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As always, don't forget to check out www.theinternetwork.com for associated resources and infographics. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.